When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Joe and Amber Podcast. Thanks for spending some of your time with us tonight alongside Myron Metcalf. My name is Joe Fortenball. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. The Steelers throttling the Atlanta Falcons in the first quarter of this preseason matchup. 14-0 for the black and gold. They got the ball first, went right down the field and scored. Immediately forced a three and out, went down the field and scored. Looked like they forced another three and out. I didn't catch the whole Atlanta series. Got the ball back and immediately started moving down the field again. An absolute wagon. Myron, tonight, two weeks from the start of the season. And you know what that means. It'll be October, Thanksgiving, and Christmas before you know it. Yeah, man. We're, we're rolling, <laughs> man. And you know what? Uh, we've had this preseason action, uh, and it's fun. We got week zero, Saturday, college football. But I'm ready for the full uh, arsenal of all these games, man. I was at um, the grocery store today. I saw the Halloween candy everywhere. And I just oh, thought, you, you just keep it moving. <laughs> you just keep it moving. Just uh, What I need to do is get ahead of the c- crowd and start getting ready for Thanksgiving. At this point, yeah, if man. you're not planning for Thanksgiving, you're already no. late. You might as well start looking at the Christmas. We, we got a Halloween superstore that opens like every mid-September. Yeah. They opened two weeks ago. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, you know what? Why wait? We're going a month early. <laughs> You people it's want ridiculous. it, we'll give it to you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, in the NFL today, what seemed like potentially a minor transaction could have major implications for what it means for the Arizona Cardinals. 2020 first-round pick Isaiah Simmons. He was sort of a jack-of-all-trades on the Clemson Tiger team uh, from a few years ago, the one that ended up losing to Joe Burrow in the LSU Tigers in the national championship game, Swiss Army Knife. He played all over defensively. He's a fantastic player. So Arizona drafts him. Apparently it didn't work out. They traded him to the New York Giants today for a 2024 seventh-round pick. Think about that. A first-round pick three years later being moved for a seventh-round pick next season. Now on the surface... Fine, if it wasn't going to work and you're going to move on, we get it. But I think more importantly here is that Arizona may be open for business on some of its players because they're projected by Vegas to be the worst team in the NFL. So if you're not competing this season, you're probably already starting to look ahead the next season, do you think? Oh, I think they are. I mean, you've got sort of the uncertain timetable around Kyler Murray. You know, if he's ready to go, will they bring him back? Will they sort of delay things? What's going to happen there if they're in tank mode? They also have Houston's first-round pick right now yep. as well. So, I mean, they're going to be in a position to go after Ken Williams, Drake May, uh, but the Kyler Murray dead cap number might put them in an interesting position. I just wonder, Joe, if this is a team that's going into full rebuild, it appears like that's where they're headed, what do you do if Kyler Murray comes back and he's good this year? Like, what's that situation for the Cardinals? It feels like they've already moved on from Kyler Murray that they're already looking toward a future where they've either got the guy from North Carolina or the guy from USC running the show. If you're going to enter this season saying to yourself, we're looking ahead, we're going to start building for the future, you're not putting Kyler Murray on the field. You're not going to risk him going out there making plays, winning games. You're not going to risk him going out there getting hurt. 
you're going to want to move on from him. Someone out there somewhere will probably be willing to take that contract off your shoulders because he's put up some numbers. He hasn't been Trey Lance. He's put up some numbers, and there are some people that would probably think, all right, we can make this work. Now, people will say the contract is too much. Why would you want to take on all that money? By next year, and by the time you get into the meat of that contract, that's going to end up being the average salary. We've already seen monster contracts come out since then. Lamar Jackson's come out since then. Uh, Jalen Hurts has come out since then. Justin Herbert's come out since then. Joe Burrow's going to come out in the future. All those guys are going to get more, more, more. And then more deals are going to come up. And more guys are going to get paid. And two years from now, Kyler Murray's going to be middle of the pack. So it's not going to be that expensive. So if you're thinking about the contract being the reason you shouldn't make the move, I think ultimately that's not going to burn you too much. What you should be thinking about is whether or not he's going to grow up become a leader, and become the franchise guy that can take your team into and deep through the playoffs because everything you hear out of Arizona is that he just hasn't matured to that level yet. I mean, yeah, the the leadership thing is an issue, right? It has been that issue since the draft. I remember some of those pre-draft interviews where he seemed aloof, just seemed like a guy who maybe had a bit of arrogance. And listen, if you're a top-ten pick in both the NFL and Major League Baseball drafts, I could understand where that confidence might come from, but – the homework clause, I mean, those things were turnoffs. You couple that with the injuries. I can understand how the narrative is formed around Kyler Murray and whether or not he can be the leader of a team. we got to stop lying about Kyler Murray, though. Yes, there are some leadership concerns. Healthy Kyler Murray has been a guy worth every dime that he was paid. We just haven't seen that enough. This guy has completed 67% of his passes over the course of his career. When you've seen him struggle, it's been due to injury. But I think this is a guy who is going to be a starter in the NFL, I think, going forward. Now, I don't know what happens 10 years from now, but he's not going to some backup role. He's going to be someone's starter, even if the Cardinals don't want him. The contract matters, though, because of the $81 million dead cap hit the Cardinals would have to take on if they decide to move him. Like, those numbers are crazy and ridiculous. The Carson Wentz numbers were below $40 million, and that was a big hang-up. So, They've got to do something with the numbers if they're going to move on from them after this season. I wonder, Joe, if the plan isn't Kyler Murray's your starter next year, almost an audition for other teams after the injury if he doesn't play this year, and you have Drake May or you got Caleb Williams kind of waiting right there to lead your team in 2025. That scenario, to me, seems more realistic than trying to trade Kyler Murray after this season. Talking about big contract numbers when it comes to someone – Like Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott's got a big contract number as well in Dallas. Brandon Jacobs, former New York Giants running back, was on the morning show, ESPN Radio this morning, talking about the Dak Prescott situation. Take a listen to this. Dak Prescott is on his last contract. He'll be a backup after this contract is over. And I don't see Dallas bringing him back with that type of money. And once you've made that type of money, you know, that Dak is making, you don't get two like that. You, you don't get two like that after all those interceptions and turnovers that you've had, you know, that you've thrown, you know, throughout the last three or four years. So, I mean, I don't, I don't see, I don't see, I see Daniel Jones' window being better, being, uh, uh, being a lot higher than that Prescott, you know, just given the fact that the age that he's been playing and he's almost somewhat in his contract. And I, I, I don't see Cowboys bringing him back at that type of money. And I think he'll be a backup elsewhere. Woo, Brandon Jacobs, ESPN Radio this morning. Dak Prescott will be a backup in the NFL after this current contract is up. Thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, that, is this just maybe NFC East on NFC East crime? Yeah, he's wrong. <laughs> he's wrong. Like, we, we keep lying about how many starting quarterbacks there are in the NFL. 
There just aren't that many, which is why Baker Mayfield's a starter going into this season. Great point. It's hard to find guys to start. After this season, Kirk Cousins will have made $231.6 million in his NFL career. $175 million of those dollars have come from the Minnesota Vikings, right? Like at the end of the day, it's hard to find elite quarterbacks that you trust to get you to the playoffs, even to win a bunch of games in the NFL. There aren't that many guys who can do it. That's going to be a starter. I don't know if it's in Dallas, but I don't think there are that many guys that much better than Dak where Dallas would just say, time to move on. We have somebody better. No, you're exactly right because we sit here and we, we compare everything to Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. We say, if you don't have one of those guys, you're toast. There's only a couple of those guys. You don't have 35 of those guys, and somehow you miss the musical chair and you're the one team without. I mean, you look around Atlanta yeah. with Desmond Ritter. You think they've got it figured out? New Orleans with Derek Carr. I mean, maybe that gets a little bit better. Tampa Bay's quarterback situation's up in the air. We already talked about Arizona. Matthew Stafford's not going to be around much longer. Is Brock Purdy really the answer in San Francisco? Uh, you keep moving through this. Jordan Love unproven in Green Bay. Kirk Cousins situation in Minnesota. The Commanders and what's going on with them. I'm just looking at these teams right now. The Raiders going with Garoppolo. Yeah. And I don't know. Everyone's getting fired up about Aiden O'Connell, but it's just the preseason. There are plenty of teams out there that if Prescott became available, he'd get a contract to become a starter of one of those teams. The Saints turned to Derek Carr. That's really all you need to yeah. know about Dak Prescott and the job opportunities that'll be out there. What is the best and worst case scenario for the Panthers and the Texans this season. It's a little game we're going to play next. He's Myron Metcalf. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel.
Myron Metcalf, I'm Joe Fortinball. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs. For protection on the road and on the water, see how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com. Let's play a little game of best case, worst case. Best case. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Worst case. Terrible, terrible, terrible. It's a team effort, and I guess it took every player working together to lose this one. Best case, worst case. With Joe and Amber, the Carolina Panthers. All right, Myron Metcalf, it's a pretty simple game. We'll talk about the best case scenario this season for a specific team. We're going to start with the Carolina Panthers. We will also dissect the worst case scenario. So, best case scenario, what's the ceiling for Bryce Young and the Panthers in 2023? Best case scenario is that young Bryce Young is the best quarterback in a weak division in the NFC South. Derek Carr, obviously, in New Orleans. Desmond Ritter in Atlanta. Baker Mayfield star for Tampa Bay. You have the most talented quarterback, I would say, in terms of ceiling in that group in Bryce Young. And I think the thing you have to think about for you, the Panthers, and why I think they can compete in the NFC South, which is their best case, is they were 6-6 six and six after Matt Rule got fired last year. Steve Wilkes. Led them to that record. Remember, they trade Christian McCaffrey. Everyone thought the wheels would fall off. They didn't. So I think that has to be a promising sign for Carolina. I think they're in a winnable division. Their best case is Bryce Young is really good, and they get guys like Adam Thielen to kind of turn back the clock a little bit, look like the young Adam Thielen. DJ Chark shows up. Some of those defensive pieces step up. The defense improves. They gave up 350 yards a game last year. Winning the division, I think, is the ceiling for this team. So if you want to break down strength of schedule, what a lot of people do for that, and this is the wrong thing to do, is to look to last season and credit the team with whatever their winning percentage was, right? So last year the Eagles were 14-3, and so if you're playing the Eagles this year, that's what it's viewed as. Don't use that. Use the Vegas win totals. A sports book will assign a win total to a specific team. For example, the Chiefs and 11.5. You can bet over 11.5 wins for the Chiefs or under, but you take that, you use Vegas odds makers who are very good at this, and that's how you build strength to schedule. And when you look at the opposing teams Carolina will face this season and their Vegas win totals, they have the fourth easiest schedule in the NFL. Fourth easiest. Their division, wow. very easy this year. Their defense, better than people realize. The problem is offensively on the line. It's been highly suspect, and it's got beaten up and blown up in two preseason games so far. And they're on a whole lot of weapons around Bryce Young. After all, they traded away DJ Moore to the Chicago Bears so they can move up to one to draft Bryce Young. It'll take some time. Ceiling, like you said, the division's soft. You might find a way to squeak eight or nine wins out, and that could get you the NFC South. But I don't see it going much further than that because of the O-line issues. It's going to take some time, but ceiling there is maybe a divisional win, and then you get into the playoffs and you probably lose to a wild card team like the Dallas Cowboys or Philadelphia Eagles if you end up hosting one of them. What's worst case for the Carolina Panthers? The worst case scenario is that Bryce Young is too small to compete in this league. There just haven't been a lot of guys his size who've been durable enough to compete in the NFL, uh, who have been good enough to compete in the NFL. It's just not a league that's built for small quarterbacks. And we've seen that with the durability issues we just talked about with Kyler Murray and other guys. So I think the worst case scenario is Bryce Young uh, is a guy who just might not be big enough to carry the load. Adam Thielen. Looks like 31-year-old Adam Thielen. They gave him $25 million in a three-year deal. Is he worth that at this stage? Certainly seemed to stall in Minnesota, and I think Minnesota looks smart here because I don't know that he's Pro Bowl level anymore. 
Uh, and I think that, to me, is going to be the worst uh, situation for them where they end up maybe third in the division, maybe the bottom of a weak division. If Bryce Young, as talented as he is, just isn't physically ready to compete in the NFL right now. I'll play into that as well. Worst case scenario for the Carolina Panthers, the offensive line doesn't hold up and the 190-pound quarterback gets hit one too many times, gets busted up, gets hurt, and can't finish out the season. Number one, stunting his growth. And number two, pretty much signaling the end of the Carolina Panthers in 2023. You got to keep him upright. You can lose games. That's fine. It's a rookie quarterback. Not much is expected. But you want to get the reps. You want to get the experience week in and week out of working through a 17-game regular season and if he gets busted up and injured in September and knocked out of the season in early October you're just going to be hitting the reset button starting next year you're going to have a high draft pick to show for it maybe unless you gave that up to the Bears I don't even know at this point I should look that one up but that would be worst case for me is that offensive line does not hold up Young ends up getting hurt they go on to win three or four games let's transition James do we have sound on this should I just shut my mouth I'll shut my mouth the Houston Texans Boom, look at you guys. Very professional. All right, the Houston Texans. So they had the number two pick as well as the number three overall pick in the NFL draft. And with the number two pick, they took C.J. Stroud, the quarterback out of Ohio State. First year under head coach D'Amico Ryans. What's the ceiling for the Houston Texans, Myron? Yeah, I think the best case scenario is that the defense improves dramatically, gave up 380 yards last year. You had Will Anderson, you have D'Amico Ryans, and C.J. Stroud looks the part. I think he was the most polished prospect of the four who were picked in the first two rounds. He plays up to his potential. Houston is second in that division. I don't think it's a strong division at all. Anthony Richardson in Indianapolis. Obviously, they got a quarterback situation with Tennessee. I think that, to me, is best case scenario. C.J. Stroud is very good. Defense makes dramatic improvements. They're right behind Jacksonville in that division. Best case scenario is C.J. Stroud shows us he's the C.J. Stroud from the Georgia game, that Houston's offense and some of the money they spent turns out to surprise some people, and those guys are better than expected, and D'Amico Ryans becomes the next Mike Vrabel, a player-friendly coach, motivates the locker room and gets the most out of a talent group that isn't that great overall. Best case scenario, I don't think they're beating Jacksonville, but maybe they go out, they win seven or eight games. I could see that being the ceiling for a three-win Texans team. What's the worst case scenario? Worst-case scenario, Joe, is that they are the Texans. <laughs> That's the end? That's it. That's actually really good. I mean, I mean that, <laughs> that they're the Texans. I mean, I don't know, you know, that they do what the Texans have done. C.J. Stroud uh, doesn't look like the guy from the Georgia game. The defense is bad again, and D'Amico Ryans struggles the way a lot of defensive coordinators have struggled in this NFL to adapt to a league that's completely built around offense. So, I think that's the worst-case scenario. They finish at the bottom of a weak division, and C.J. Stroud doesn't look like a future starter. Similar, similar sentiments to what I had with the Carolina Panthers. That Houston offensive line is not good. The arsenal yeah. that C.J. Stroud is going to be working with is average to below average. It felt like the offseason, Houston was just throwing money at guys who would say yes. It didn't really look yeah. like they had a plan for building this team, and the roster, as it's currently constructed, doesn't look all that impressive. Throw in a defense that should underwhelm, and a head coach who's a rookie who's never done this before, and you could end up having some significant problems, A, keeping your young quarterback healthy, and B, going out there and truly competing on a week-in, week-in basis. I can't think of a worse landing spot for a rookie quarterback behind a bad O-line than the Baltimore Ravens on the road in week one. Like, that is a team that is always prepared for week one. John Harbaugh always has his team ready to go. They're a great preseason squad. They have a solid defense. They've got an offense that can just bleed you at a clock time. 
bad spot for Houston in week one. I think that's going to be the yeah. most popular survivor pick. If you play survivor, it Baltimore will. over Houston. Tough situation for C.J. Stroud, man. Yeah, that's not the landing spot. Throw Davis Mills out there for that game, and then you can start C.J. Yeah. Stroud in the Maybe second game. the whole game. season. <laughs> All right. Uh, one of my best friends in the world, Damon Bruce from the Bay Area. He's fantastic. He's decided he's going to join us next. we got to talk about Trey Lance and whether there's beef between Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. He's Myron Metcalf. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, I bet the Steelers in the first half. I'm way too focused on that game, and it's the only game I have on in the home studio. The Eagles are playing the Colts in another preseason game. Everyone's going nuts behind the scenes. Myron, what what is happening in this game? Anthony Richardson uh, just hands it off. Colts score, and then Anthony Richardson runs to the end zone, and he does the fly eagle fly to the fans. What? And it's taunting Eagles fans. I don't. It's bizarre. He didn't throw the he didn't throw the touchdown, Joe, which is bizarre. But he still is taunting the fans in what the first quarter of a preseason game. So of a preseason game. Okay. Good luck. Okay. Didn't throw I think, it was, good, a, I think it was an option. So I mean, I guess he made the right yeah. read. Yeah. So well, he at yeah, least had like, to pitch the ball. But he like ran into the end zone to taunt Eagles fans. Like he was, you know. I'm going to tell you something. The Colts don't really know what they're doing. And it's not to knock Richardson, but you play yeah. him in preseason game one. Then you don't play him in preseason game two. Then you announce him as the starter and you play him in preseason game three. What the hell is that? Well, he didn't need the reps in preseason game two, but now suddenly you want to get him the reps. That, that reeks of disorganization. Yeah. It absolutely reeks of disorganization. Yeah, it'd All almost right. be like telling a running back to, to go get a trade, right? Uh, who could help that young quarterback, but... Yeah, it'd be nice if they had something like that. Hopefully, Jim Mercer and the Colts can figure it out. All right, let's go to the phones. One of my best friends in the world. I had the pleasure of buying him breakfast when he was in Vegas a few weeks ago. Shocking timing. He needed to use the restroom just as the check showed up. He's none other than Damon Bruce, host of the Damon Bruce Show. Catch it on YouTube. The Ploose, as we like to call it. What's up, DB? How are you? I knew we were going to hear about that breakfast check. I knew yeah. I just absolutely I would have bet on it. I would have taken the over and it would have hit. Uh, actually, I've, thank you, Joe. Good to see you, Myron. Thank you. And it's going to turn into D cell battery night uh, at, at a preseason football game here. If we don't start flapping <laughs> wings at Eagles fans, I know how Philly rolls. 
I honestly <laughs> didn't even want to talk to you about football. I just wanted to mention the check. Thanks for coming on. We'll catch up somewhere down the road. No, I kid. I kid. Um, you obviously, Bay Area legend. You've been covering Bay Area sports for a while. We wanted to bring you on to talk about the Trey Lance news. You know, take me through a little bit of this because yesterday they make the announcement it's going to be Darnold as the two, Lance as the three. He's not at the practice. But then John Lynch was speaking to the media and he's talking about how they, they didn't do a good enough job tailoring the offense to his skill set. That feels like a shot at Shanahan, does it not? I mean, I don't even know. I think they're just literally filibustering answers that they'd rather not be giving because everyone is in the same situation. It always feels like there's something new about to happen when it comes to the 49ers quarterbacking situation. And at the end of every breaking news day, we go to we, we go to bed with the exact same football team that was in the morning. I mean, it, it, Trey Lance is still on this team. I think he's playing tomorrow night. I think he's going to be the third-string quarterback. I don't think there's much of a market for him. Uh, whether you tailor your offense around him or not, what NFL team is about to tailor their offense around Trey Lance three weeks before the season starts and after three years in one place where he didn't digest the playbook, he's going to show up and be the savior somewhere else. There is no starting quarterback job waiting for him anywhere else. I don't think there's a real backup job waiting for him anywhere else. And at the guaranteed $5 million he's got coming the next year, fellas, I, I, I don't think he can find a situation that's better than the one he's in right now. There's some hard feelings and there's some explaining away the awkwardness going on, but nothing has changed. Damon, everybody gets a documentary these days, right? It's just the standard. So there'll be a Niners <laughs> documentary down the road at, at some point, right? We're going to watch that documentary together. When that airs, who will be blamed for what happened with Trey Lance? Brock Purdy, probably more than anybody else, if this ends up being Brock Purdy's team going forward. You know, there is, there's so much talk about the blown draft capital for Trey Lance and how this could go down as one of the worst modern draft picks ever. Okay, I mean, you can plant your flag in that hill and have a lot of people salute it. If that's one of the worst draft picks ever, if Brock Purdy turns into a six, seven-year starter in Kyle Shanahan's 49 or 10-year here, does that go down as then the greatest draft pick of all time? Maybe any sport ever? The last pick in the draft turns into a franchise quarterback? So, you know, I, I, I think we need to know how the story ends before we can start casting this documentary, which you are right, everyone gets. Um, I hope it'll be a real documentary where tough questions will be asked, not an Urban Meyer, Florida memory puff piece, which I know is big on Netflix right now. So, you know, I mean, I, I'm just looking for a little truth. And the truth is no one has the truth about this situation. Not Trey Lance, not Team Lance, not Team Niners, not John Lynch, not Kyle Shanahan, Mr. and Mrs. Lance. They have no idea what their son is about to be. No one knows how this ends because in so many weird and odd ways, it hasn't even really begun yet. So um, it's just this eternal, um, I guess, if, 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 if a quarterback could be in purgatory, that's where Trey Lance's career is. It's in quarterbacking purgatory. And I don't know how we cast that because you either need, you know, the God or the devil we don't have that yet. We don't know. This is just the color of this documentary is beige. I don't, I don't know how it's defined. <laughs> 
Damon Bruce, host of the Damon Bruce Show on YouTube. Check it out. Just hit 100 episodes. Longtime Bay Area media personality joining Myron Metcalf and Joe Fortenball here on Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio. Looking ahead for the Niners, Lance is going to start the season as a three. Darnold's a two. Purdy's the one. A lot of intrigue around Purdy. They named him the starter pretty quickly. Stepped in tremendously last year. We know the story. Coming off the injury, what does the world look like in the Bay Area if Purdy's stumbling through the first, let's call it, five or six weeks of the season? He's not awful, but he's not the guy we remember from last year. And we're looking around at the NFC saying, man, this is a thin conference. The Niners got it everywhere else. Could you start thinking about Sam Darnold? Yes. I mean, there is a reality where that absolutely could come into play. And if that does happen... Then we're going right back to the front of a line of quarterback evaluation and giving too much before it's actually earned. And for the first time for Kyle, like the heat would actually get real. Uh, uh, um, all the heat that you hear about Kyle being under is, is imagination. This guy has about as much control over a franchise as you can get in the NFL when an owner gives it to you. This is Kyle's show and... He has made a huge bet on Trey Lance that obviously isn't going to get cashed in the way anyone thought it would be, but he's going to sail through this with with nothing attached to him. If then Purdy should start to suffer, and then Trey Lance be an answer who turns out to not be an answer, then all of a sudden the security that Kyle, I truly believe, enjoys, and for a, a lot of good reasons. The guy's been to three of the last four NFC title games. But that's when the noise actually becomes not just noise on social media, but noise that could reach Kyle inside headquarters. So if you're asking what's the worst that could be, yeah, Brock Purdy doesn't live up to the hype. And then all of a sudden, Sam Darnold, who he's appointed as, I'd rather see what he has left than even explore what Trey Lance could have for me. That would be bad. Damon, what is success this season for the Niners, considering the expectations? What is failure? NFC title game. Lose the NFC title game or anything less is failure. Reach and win the NFC title game is the goal. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty hard to say your, your goal in football is you win a Super Bowl or it's a bad year. I mean, there is an element of reality that I think all sports fans need to remarry themselves to, to understand that if you reach a conference championship game, it's hard to frame your season as anything other than spectacular. Only one team can win the Super Bowl. Winning Super Bowls is not easy. It's not easy for Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. It's not easy for the most loaded team. Football is violent. Teams' rosters and makeup can change dramatically at any point in time. None of this is easy. But there is an expectation that this team, along with the Eagles, represents the cream of the crop in the NFC. Everyone else that you might want to talk about is on a clear two-line underneath these two teams. That's how they're billing themselves with the decisions that they're making leading up to this season. So, you know, here we go. It's, it's, it's major expectations. Get back to the NFC title game is pretty much the mandate this team operates under. Follow him on Twitter at Damon Bruce. Check out the show on YouTube, the Damon Bruce Show. Longtime Bay Area sports personality. Fantastic at what he does. Damon Bruce joining us here on Joe and Amber ESPN Radio. Kisses to the family. Thank you so much for coming on. I look forward to buying you breakfast again soon. 
I look forward to that breakfast, absolutely. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, this timing was great. I just heard the lunatics come home, so it's about ah, yes. to get loud in here. Take care, <laughs> fellas. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it as always. You got it. I'll talk to you soon. It was just a a master class in timing. We're down on the Strip. We're at Mon Ami Gabi, which is at the Paris. It's a great brunch spot, breakfast spot, whatever you want to call it. He's in town for Niners Raiders a couple weeks ago, the preseason game. We sit down. He has a buddy that shows up. They're going to the game, this whole thing. It's like the exact moment he needs yeah. to use the restroom. Here comes... The, the waiter with the check, and it's like, I'm not just going to let this thing sit here. I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to turn it into content, and then I'm going to write that check off as a work expense. That's how we do our business. Just kidding. To anyone listening from the IRS, everything's above board around here. Oh, man. Uh, I like the bathroom we, move, though. I mean, you know, it's, 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 he's, a, he's an strategic. all-time veteran. Yeah. All-time veteran. All right. He's Myron Metcalf. I'm Joe Fortinball. Big 12 commissioner gave Texas Tech their orders today. We're going to tell you about that next it's cl- classic college football at its absolute finest. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Less than 48 hours until the start of the college football season in Ireland, of all places, as Notre Dame and Navy will get it on to kick off the 2023 campaign. Can't wait. He's Myron Metcalf. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Myron, college football season's upon us. Not because we've had a game already or because there's games on the horizon, but the trash talk amongst teams within conferences is starting to heat up. Brett Yormark is the Big 12 commissioner. He was just recently at a Texas Tech football luncheon. Okay, Here's what he said to Texas Tech and the message he gave them leading into the season. Candidly, we were able to get Texas and Oklahoma out a year early. That was a big deal for us, and I think all of you. Okay? And coach, I'm not going to put any pressure on you, but I'm going to be in Austin for Thanksgiving. Okay? And you better take care of business like you did right here in Lubbock last year. That's a reference to the win Texas Tech pulled over Texas last year. So here we go. The Big 12 commissioner, uh, apparently, number one, making it seem like it was a good thing that Texas and Oklahoma are going (laughs) to leave a year early, and then giving the marching orders to Texas Tech that they got to take out Texas this season. Yeah, I love how he was like, yeah, I got them out of here a year early. Like, that was the original (laughs) plan. Like, (laughs) I I love the revisionist history a a, a little bit. But I think it's going to be like this all year for Texas and Oklahoma. And I get it. You know what I mean? They're kind of the enemy at this point. Um, And and you want to see Texas Tech kind of get that win over a rival in their final year. Reality, however, kind of changes this for me. Texas has had one season where they've won 10 games since 2009, right? This isn't Ricky Williams' uh, Texas Longhorns or something. Like, this is a team that – has been solid some years, but also bad a lot of years as well. Going through a couple coaches. So, you know, it feels feasible. Um, and I get why Brett's taking on that attitude. I mean, you just kind of torpedoed the Pac-12. And now you're kind of trying to elevate your new league. Because it is a new Big 12. Um, and, I, and I get the attitude. You know, he was Jay-Z's like right-hand man at Rock Nation, right? You know, I okay, so I thought there was some sort of tie-in to 
him with boxing because I've seen yeah. him at fights before. And the way he dresses, he dresses like he is somebody important. Like, there are yes. people that you will see at prominent events where you'll be like, that's somebody. I don't know who, but that's somebody because if you look like that and you know to look like that, you obviously have something going on. And he was one of those guys. And then I saw the picture of him at one point. I was like, oh, I didn't realize he's a commissioner of the Big 12 now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I interviewed him last year, right? Um, when he first became Big 12 commissioner, I was at Big 12 Media Day. And he walks in. And I'm going, who's the dude with the Italian suits? Like, you know, yeah. he didn't fit. You know, he didn't fit with everybody nope. else. Uh, and he was talking a good game. But, I, you know, I think this is the attitude you want of a guy who's found a way to not only save the Big 12, but move the Big 12 into that third spot behind the SEC and the Big 10. He could have been the Pac-12, could have been the ACC. He has reason, I think, to have that kind of attitude considering the moves he's made over the last year. I think that's well said because you got to realize now you can't be the SEC and you can't be the Big Ten. Those two have distanced yeah. themselves. They're the NFC and the AFC, and they might be on a collision course to start their own super conference with two leagues like we see in the NFL, and everybody else is fighting to play the USFL, the XFL, whatever it may be. If you can't be one of them, find a way to be the next best thing because there will be a place for you in college football without a shadow of a doubt. Don't beat the Pac-12. Don't be stumbling around a bit like the ACC is. Just find a way to secure things now and then constantly look to improve the product because there's still a lot to be excited about in the Big 12. Texas Tech is going to be good this season. They are going to surprise some people. Yeah, and I think going forward, you know, you've added some pieces that are going to make you a decent football conference. Houston's coming over, obviously. Central Florida, what they've been able to do. Cincinnati uh, and what they've produced in recent years. BYU has certainly had its moments, and that was before you added the Pac-12 corner schools, right? So, uh, you know, I think this is a league that has just come out with a sense of strength, um, and there are a bunch of other leagues that wishes they could do what Brett Yormack has been able to do. I think the team to watch, when you talk about the four new teams that are in there, I think the team to watch is Central Florida. They are a yeah, hotbed yeah. of recruiting being in the state of Florida. It's not like they're some unknown. They've been around for a while. They've won some games. They've qualified for some big bowl games. The influx of money coming from a major conference is going to be very big for their program. And when you look around at the state of Florida, the Gators are nowhere close to what they used to be. The Miami Hurricanes yeah. are trying to work their way back, but still eh, not a major threat. Florida State appears to be back. They won 10 games last year, and the sky's the limit this season, but Florida football has a ton of talent down there, and UCF is going to have an influx of money. They have a massive student population. It's not like it's 5,000 kids per class. They are a really big yeah. school. They are going to have an opportunity in this new conference, I think, to really be a team that takes it to the next step. I think that's the team you want to watch on in the next few years. I I'm with you, man. I think Central Florida is going to be great. Uh, I think it's going to help everybody in the league when it comes to recruiting, just having access to a team there. And maybe that makes more football guys interested in playing the Big 12. For me, it's Houston, right? Mm. Houston has had its moments. They're in the middle of Texas. You got uh, Fertitta, you know, who is kind of putting money into that program, putting millions and millions of dollars into that program. Now you add the TV money. Houston, to me, is the team that has a chance to really take advantage of this moment where Texas has been up and down. Texas and A&M, Jimbo, that situation isn't going well. Like, this is an opportunity, I think, for Houston to really take another step. They've done it in basketball. They could do it in football in the Big 12, too. I, um, 
I do believe Texas is back this year. I am drinking all the Kool-Aid. All of it. You like Quinn Ears? I am am a fan. I'm a fan of a lot of things here. I've got them favored in 11 of 12 games. Second game of the season, they're at Alabama. I think I'm I'm going to go ahead and just project it as a loss. But their win total is 9.5. So that means as long as I can lose two or fewer, I'm good. And I'm looking around at the rest of the Big 12. I think Oklahoma is better than last year, but I don't think they're elite. I think TCU is going to take a step back. I think Kansas State, you know, will win some games they probably shouldn't. They'll lose some games they probably shouldn't. But ultimately, Quinn yours, deep quarterback room, talent is head and shoulders above the rest of the conference. I, I it's crazy. I think Texas is back. We're gonna to find an extent. Out. I, to an extent. I, I think they, they can. The I think they can lose to Alabama. I think they will lose to Alabama. They can't be broken by Alabama. How they play in that game is going to matter Good a point. lot the rest of the way. Good point. There are those teams that have that early season matchup with a Georgia or an Alabama, and it absolutely destroys yeah. them. Bama has done that to a lot of teams yeah. in the past. I go, oh man. Okay. Yeah. spread is seven in that game let's just keep it tight let's have a nice you know what there are such things as moral victories when you go into tuscaloosa alabama this has been the joe and amber podcast you can listen to joe and amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m eastern plus you can listen on the espn app sirius xm channel 80 or on your smart speaker joe and amber the podcast robert half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.